From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Today, we continue our conversation with Kirsten Jersik of Bratsett Family Farm. She will share how she both returned to her family farm and prioritized integrating her son and daughter into the operations. Bratsett Family Farm is in Jefferson, Wisconsin. It's an intensive rotational grazing operation and home to a grass-fed beef herd. After a career as a hydrologist, Kirsten returned to her family farm to combine her passion for the environment, healthy food, and integrating her children and family into the business. Kirsten also works as a grazing educator and planner, teaching other farmers to become better grazers through proper management of their soils, forage, and livestock. So here at Bratsett Farm with Kirsten Jersik, it's an interesting family-based operation, shall we say, <laughs> Kirsten, yeah? <laughs> interesting in the sense of you have a wonderful way of making it work. And I think there are so many people out there who you're you're, you're doing what they want to do or what I do in their ideal world of returning to your family farm and prioritizing your family and everybody's needs and everybody's a part of the farm business and it all succeeds. I know some days probably better than others, but but that's part of the story, right? Right. Everybody, everybody's still talking to each yep, other. Yep. That's huge. That's huge. So so describe your family for us. So who's here? Yeah, yeah. So so this was my parents' family farm. They bought it in 1968. Um, and so mom is here with my family. And how old is your mom now? My mom is 75 years young. She is a spry <laughs> woman. I, 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 yes. Yeah. So she's awesome. Um, but she is very independent. She's still. very independent still. Yeah. She's in good health and um, she's a wealth of knowledge. I do not feel that I ever could have returned to the farm, taken over to the farm and had success without the knowledge that she has shared with us. Um, knowledge in the sense of the land or what she's done or how things The land, work. managing and handling livestock. I mean, when you're – I grew up on a farm, so, you know, things come back to you. But when you've been gone for 20 years, you know, and you come back, it, it, you've forgotten a lot. A great deal of it I had forgotten. Yeah, that's so, – well, and you're looking at it from a different lens. When you were looking, younger, you weren't really wanting or trying to absorb it necessarily. Yeah, I mean, we were really involved. But at the end of the day, the decisions – we didn't need to make the decisions. And the financial, you know, we – kids don't – That's a really good point, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, once the finances are, are – once you put on the financial hat, a lot of times pictures change, right? And responsibilities change and um, – yeah, so I, I, I learned a lot about nurturing livestock and, and even fixing equipment and just all the little things. A farmer has to know a lot of things and mom was just really good at a lot of them. And mm-hmm. so I learned a lot from her and I don't feel that I could have done this um, without her. 
Um, but right now, who's living here is my mom and then my family. So my, myself, my husband, and our two children, who are Jacob is uh, 14 and Jessica's 18. So the kid, we moved here when Jessica was about six and uh, moved here full-time then. And the kids were really integrated into the farm right away. Um, they're little kids, so they need to be with you. And when you need to be out farming... They need to be with you. So that is actually one of the reasons why we quit doing any row crop farming and started grazing because that was a way I could farm with the kids with me. So they could be riding a four-wheeler basket. They could be walking along the fields with me. It wasn't like driving a tractor with a kid on each leg. That's a really interesting point I hadn't thought about. And that does make grazing even more so a natural fit for women to consider if you've got kids yeah, around. it does. And I didn't want to be the mom that, like, you know, turned on Thomas's tank engine and left the kids in the house while I went to, you know. Occasionally we have to do that as moms, right? I mean, that's our role. But I didn't want that to have to be, like, a daily practice while I'm out doing things. The kids are back at the house, you know. So it's a great way to – grazing is a great way to integrate the kids into – Yeah, um, that's really true. Probably even more so than vegetables or other things where – you're absorbed in one thing <laughs> and you, they need to entertain themselves, which can happen. But I, I clearly remember once I once I took out Liam was our son was a, moving, but still a baby, small toddler. And I brought like the playpen out in the garden and put it there. I'm like, he'll be fine. And like that didn't work at all. <laughs> right? It was a lot of effort. I don't know what I was thinking. But but with grazing, you're moving, you're actively doing your work, and they're a part of that. Yeah. Whether they're, you know. And the animals help too. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, you have to be careful, obviously, that they don't, you know, if they're really little, they can be in a backpack. But you can still roll up a fence line with a baby in the backpack, you know. Um, so, Yeah. And they, and they can help. It's something that they can actively do themselves. They can carry a fence post. You know, they can really be made to feel part of it when they're really little. And most little kids really want to help us. I mean, they want to do what mom and dad do, right? So they can and, – and then the other really great thing about it is really by the time they were 12 years old, either one of them could have taken my job, you know? Yeah. Um, for the most part. You know, the day-to-day, hey, kids, can you guys go move the cattle? Or, hey, I'm running behind today. Can you guys – you know, when they were pretty little, they could do everything themselves. I mean, they still, we try to get away a little bit in the summertime, and they go out and set up all our lead lines. I mean, from the time little on, they knew we were leaving earlier to go to the lake if they would go set up a week's worth of lead lines um, by themselves. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it sounds like, too, you always integrated your kids in the sense of it was just something that you do versus – chores or their job or do you know what I mean it, yeah. it's, it's, it's a hard balance I think for parents particularly for moms to do on the farm but how how did it work for you how did you approach I guess it my mom always raised us like she was a stay-at-home mom and she had the farm and so maybe when you're just raised and we always were with her so I guess when you're raised that way you just kind of do it with your own kids but just having them with you from little on um just sort of made a difference. It's a natural Like, process, now we're going to go yeah. do this, and we're going to come back, and, you know, maybe I need to make my phone calls to my customers. Well, you do watch Thomas the Train, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we're going to make dinner, and then we're going to, you know, yeah, do something else. So It's the ultimate form of child care there when you think about it. Yeah, and it's great education for kids. I mean, they learn – they really learn a lot. I have gotten that um, – some of my friends that homeschool are like, well, you really kind of homeschooling them too because – they know 
everything about the farm business, truly. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe not all the financials that they're not interested in, but for the most part, they can wait on customers in our little front porch store or they can yeah, do the, the work. So it's kind of win-win. They, can, they know if they're going to go to the feed mill. They know what we use, what we feed, you know, um, what minerals we get, what grain the chickens get. You know, they yeah. just, they oh, just, yeah. you know, when you start little on, I guess, it would probably be a difference if they were like 15 and we moved to the farm. Right. Um, but this is all they know or. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, if you want to eat at night, you should probably feed your animals, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That, that, that's the I, I've idea. gotten, obviously, as you have teenagers, they develop attitudes Things and I've gotten change, change a little bit and I really don't want to go do that, you know, but we, we all deal with that. We're life young adults so well. with opinions, but no, no, but it's, it's more the, the core value set of valuing the family and, yeah, and, and respecting each other. I mean, I think it's huge too, to sort of, I mean, the kids can do everything with me, but then certain days, everybody has to have their role and everybody has to know each other's schedule. So right now we're calving and, um, Sometimes you need to help a cow that's calving. And so having my day job too, I kind of know when I'm going to be gone. So going over mom's schedule as to when she's going to be gone so that we're not overlapping days where like, oh, we're both going to be gone all day. That's probably not a great idea because that cow had trouble last year and she looks like she's about to calve. So kind of just sitting down and working out schedules with each other. And then long-term schedules, short-term schedules, I found that's been really effective. And then different roles. So everybody's not trying to do the same thing at the same time. Um, And then something's not getting done. And even family farms that I've seen that have worked the best, I've had a lot of um, examples where I've seen family farms work really well and where I have seen them not work so well. And I'm super lucky in that my mom is, um, she will give us advice. Like mothers like to share their advice, right? I've heard that But she's also really good at respecting, um, respecting us as we're capable of making our own decisions. And yeah, you might make mistakes sometimes. But um, so family farms that I've seen work really well have a lot of respect between the family members and and also have sort of labor role division. Yeah, okay. division of roles. Division it of like roles too. is really important. Because um, your mom's kind of at a life stage too now in her 70s where she can do what she wants a little bit. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, she can, right. she, can uh, she doesn't have to bear the burden or responsibility of she's happy to help us when we need help um and she's happy to be here when we need that but she certainly doesn't want to be tied down to the farm and not be able to go out for coffee with your girlfriends in the morning because chores have to be done or something yeah Um, sure so So you're set up here so the farmhouse we're in right now is the farmhouse (laughs) the farmhouse that you grew up in that was there but you built a separate house for your mom yeah so mom has this so it's this cute little like (laughs) straw bale cottage almost right literally next door connect not connected literally it is literally connected connected via a walkway yeah a basement tunnel oh it is it is a basement tunnel that is connected oh that's wild all separate walls but she's again a big environmentalist like we all are and so it was really important to her um to have something where she could be independent, but then she's close to us if she needs help. Um, and also, it's a greenhouse. So it's renewed, made out of straw bales. Um, the siding is the mud plaster. Uh, the roof is insulated with just raw wool. Most of the interior is repurposed materials. So it's it's a, it's a cool little house. Um, and it's nice that she's close enough. Um, 
you know, that she can eat her meals with us. She has her own kitchen. She has her, she's well, totally independent there, but she can be close to us. But she's with. here and yeah. she can, you yeah. can help support and her. And also when my kids were littler, she could help me. Yeah, no, <laughs> so. that's an ideal all around. What advice would you give a, a woman, you know, starting off on the, the path with children? Or it's always a big, you know, we always tend to overthink those decisions before we have kids, right? And, and uh, but, but, but that said... What advice would you give to somebody starting out or who yeah, wants so to create what you've had? Who wants to create what we've had? I feel like it's really important to like study it all out first and to start slow because we don't ask our husband to bring home a puppy the same day we bring our babies home from the hospital. That's not right? a good idea. <laughs> That's not going to be a good idea. So planning your farm out and planning when you're going to do what and then starting slowly is really key because everybody doesn't have a mentor next door that was on a farm pretty much her whole life. You know what I mean? That has 75 years of experience or at the time 65 years of experience to share. Mm-hmm. Um, so studying, so finding a mentor is So I when you like talk really about important. slow, you mean like the farm business? Yeah, the farm Not business do it all at species. once. Yeah, don't go out and try to Because you had the farm, well, it was a little different story for you. I realized the transition happened slower over a couple of years, but you weren't literally starting, it wasn't all happening at once. The right. kids, the farm, the move, right. et cetera. Right, yeah. And so, and, and even species. I mean, we've had, some years we have chickens, some years we don't. And we've had, we have cat, beef cattle, we've had dairy cattle, chickens, pigs. Um, we have a silviculture planting now, thanks to a beginning farmer who's working on our farm. But um, we didn't try to do that all the first year without really knowing about a lot of it ahead of time. So, mm-hmm. you know, really just thinking about the day of your schedule because your kids still need, I mean, my number one priority is to be a good mom, right? And kids still need attention and they still need naps and they still need three Grown meals a day. Naps. and Moms yeah. need naps. Yeah. <laughs> so like kind of thinking about the farm enterprises, the different enterprises you want to have, how those are going to work and where you're going to find time to do everything and do it as well as yeah. you can and make it work. That's a really good point. And, and I keep thinking about what you were talking about earlier with the grazing bit and how that that can, for some people, be a really good fit for integrating your kids in ways that perhaps other farm enterprises might not. I mean, you know, on the on the flip side with us running a and b on our farm, it actually worked well in that we, between John and I, we could tag team some stuff and... We made it very clear from the start that we're a family-friendly operation, you know, so uh, uh, especially when Liam was little, bring your kids and there's kids and there's Legos and there's stuff. So uh, there's ways to do that um, that work. But, 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 But again, things evolve now that he's older. You know, I'm not too keen on toddlers running around right. the farmhouse anymore, <laughs> and we've sort of shifted our our marketing a bit. Uh, and in that, it's just a different phase, right? Yeah. And now with your kids getting older too, there's there's just more independence and different. Yeah, and there's things. some things I think about, like, oh, when will we have time to do meat birds this summer? You know, maybe we won't. I mean, so Jessica will be leaving for college in the fall, and all of a sudden, just in the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking like wow, Jake will only be home for four more years. And then I'm going to really, because when he gets home from school every other day, he opens gates and we take wrap off the baleage and he helps me get hay out for the cattle. And, you know, all of a sudden I've come to think like, who's going to help me in the winter? My husband has a day job, so he works away from home. So the farm is very much run by me, my mom and the kids. And then on the weekends, um, my sibling is our LLC partner and he comes out and helps a lot, but he does a lot of building maintenance work and... Um, 
heavy lifting stuff and things that I have no interest in doing, but they really need to be done on a farm. So, um, yeah, just thinking about the different stages of a kid's life is really important in the overall operation of how we plan things. Yeah, um, yeah. You're very conscious about it. And bottom line, no regrets, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, it's been really good. It's really, it's been nice. And I will feel that I will, it's, will have been nice to have the kids so close to my mom too when they were growing up and to have her be such a part of their their sure. lives has been really important to me because she's, grandmas have a lot of information to share and Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Terrific. And then they have a different attitude sometimes towards their grandchildren. They're a little bit more patient, maybe, than oh, we are as moms. That. Yeah, I've heard that happens. Yeah. No, it's we all have our roles, right? Right. Excellent. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on MOSES, in her boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.